my wife decided some time ago that we would give them gold dollars, these gold dollars, for the number of years that they were old or their anniversaries in a dish. And, and we've done that for two or three, but now you can't get the gold dollars. I mean, I had to go to several banks to even... But uh, this friend of ours, 90 years old. Now, don't get 94 to do this. Do it at about 50. It'd be better. But uh, we did that for this man, and that's all he could talk about just before he died. He was overwhelmed by us thinking about his birthday and going to the trouble of getting those gold dollars and giving it to him for his birthday. And he was 90 years old. But uh, just think about it for a minute. Just, just a little something like that. Just uh, I got two cards today in the mail from people that listen to the radio and I mean the thing and just uh, keep going preacher do you know keep preaching just just little remarks and things and what it means to people you, you just don't know how good of a blessing you can be uh, so call somebody encourage somebody yeah just be a blessing to somebody if you would. Now tonight, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 through 7, I want to talk to you tonight about there must be preparations before blessings. Now, I like to be blessed. Amen? And I, I, one of the things I was thinking about as I was getting ready for this message is Tommy Harden has got a place up in North Carolina or someplace up there. I don't know where is North Carolina. He goes deer hunting, and he showed me this picture of this deer, you know, feeding on a lot. And I got to thinking about it. Now, he had to go out and buy a tractor. He had to buy the seed. He had to plant and disc up the land and plant the seed and everything to feed this plot of ground where this deer comes to feed. And then, bless his heart, he's going to sit in a, a heated thing camouflage thing and shoot that poor little old deer out there with it. But I, I got to thinking about that, that, that I, I love to deer hunt. I used to. I, I got where anymore. I don't want to kill anything. I don't know why I got there except fish. So don't take that away from me, okay? But uh, really, I just got where I even ain't. I try to step away from I don't know what it is about me lately, but uh, I I've thought about this thing a lot. <laughs> what she say? Getting soft. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a fact. <laughs> but uh, I, I do know one thing. I love to deer hunt. I used to do, love deer hunt. And making preparations before you go, or you won't be successful in a deer hunt. That goes for everything. Everything in life, if you want to be successful in it. You have to make preparations to do it. So I got in the Bible. I got to study a certain thing. And it's familiar portions of Scripture. And I got to look and I said, well, I declare it. God blessed because it made preparations before God blessed. And I want you to watch this. And beginning in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. Now they cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to, ta- uh, the is come to take him, unto him my two sons to be bonded. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? 
And she said, Thy handmaid had not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessel was full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more, and the oil stayed. Then came and told the man of God, and said, Go sell the oil, pay thy debt, and live thy and thy children of the rest. Father, will you bless the reading and studying of thy word now? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I don't know how many times I've read this story, and I've always come to that part of the story where she said, bring me some more vessels. I wonder how long that oil would have run if she had kept the vessels coming. And what I got out of this tonight, though, is there can be no oil in the vessels until the vessels would get it together. A child of God cannot have the blessing of God without first then uh, turning to God and obeying His demands or His laws. I want God's blessings on my life, and I believe every Christian desires that. And I find going through the Bible, if you want you, if you want God's blessings on your life, then you've got you've got to obey God's laws. It's in His Word, and and it's always I've said this so many times, and I believe with all my heart, God's blessings come this way. If you will, I will. God said, if you'll do this thing, then I'll do this thing for you. Whatever it is, you go through the Bible and look at it for yourself. God always said, if you will do this for, that I challenge you to do, then I will bless you. And I know it's true. And I know that the, when I read this story, there could be no oil until the vessels were gathered. And so they had to gather the vessels first. Number one, there can be no water for the army in Second Kings chapter 3 and verse 16 until the ditches were dug. Listen to what it says in Second Kings chapter 3 verse 16 right across the page. And he said, Thus saith the Lord, Make this valley full of ditches. And thus saith the Lord, You shall not see wind, neither shall you see rain. Yet that valley shall be filled with water that you may drink both ye and your cattle and your beasts. Now, isn't that something? When I read that, I said, wait a minute. They first had to be made ditches before they could be water. God said, you have to do what I tell you to do before there can be any water. And here's what he's talking about. The work of the Lord is not in the power of men, but as men obey the Lord, then and only then can the Holy Spirit work miracles. Now, I believe in a miracle-working God. I really do. I was listening to Obama when he, when Trump was talking about the economy and, and getting things done for the economy some time ago, and Obama said, that, that's impossible. It would take a miracle for that to happen. And right after that, it began to happen, and a miracle did take place. Now, you might give the credit to Trump, or you might t- give the credit to our Congress or Senate. I don't do that. 
I give the credit to the many Americans across this country who was praying that, uh, that God would bless our country. Amen? And I believe with all my soul there could be no blessings on this land until God's people prayed for God to bless them. Now, thirdly, uh, there could be no healing until Naaman the leper dipped seven times in the river Jordan. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 10. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. Now, watch this. I've, I've thought about this many times, and I give this same illustration many times, but uh, here's a man uh, that had leprosy, and a little maiden said, Now, uh, men of God, or else God said, Your com- My command is unto you, you want to be cleansed, there's something you've got to do first. You've got to go dip in that river seven times. Now, think about it just from the human side of it. He could have went and dipped once, twice, three times, four times, five times, six times. He'd have been unclean right on. But God said seven times. And when he went down in that river seven times, he come up clean, the Bible says. Why? Because he obeyed God. God told him what to do. There can be no Messiah until the way had been prepared. Did you know that Jesus could not come until the exact time that God had already prepared for him to come? Isaiah 40 verse 3 says, The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, uh, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Then you turn over to John chapter 1 and verse 15 through verse 34, and they was asking John, uh, or John asking about, uh, Who is this John the Baptist? And he said, I'm one crying as a voice crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. He's coming right behind me. And John was a forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ. There could be no coming to the Messiah then until John got out and preached he's coming. Amen. Now, again, there can be no harvest until the ground has been broken up. Hosea 10 verse 12 says, Sow, ye, sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till He come and rain righteousness upon you. You know what it's talking about? I want to be a soul winner. Amen? And if you're, if you're a Christian today, and if, you, if you're going to be right with God, you want to be a soul winner because God tells you that's what you're supposed to do. Amen? Well, I got news for you. You can't be a soul winner until you get right with the Lord. If you got something in your life is against God and against His people or against anybody, the first thing the Bible says, bring it to the altar and get it right with the Lord first. And then go get it right with your, uh, the ones around you. Get your heart right. In other words, then you've got to get your heart right. And if you get your heart right, then you look at people under the same eyes that God looks at you and then you understand that I, I want to have compassion on everybody that I meet. But you can't have that until you plow up that cold heart with the Holy Spirit and let Him deal with you about it. And I got news for you. If you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit will deal with you about it. Amen? But you've got to get your heart right first, and then the Lord will use you. <clears throat> I do know this. God will not use a dirty vessel. He won't do it. He wants to use a clean vessel when it's right with God. And that's the reason 1 John 1 9 is so vitally important to every Christian. We're to confess our sins daily 
and get cleansed with the Lord fresh and anew. That's not for salvation. That's for God using you. Fourthly, there can be no reconciliation without repentance. Joel 2, verse 12 and 13 says, Therefore also now, saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fastings, and with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your heart, and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, out of great kindness, and repent him of the evil. I know that I was reading the Bible through and studying it, and I do know there's one thing that's required before you can be saved. You must repent of your sins. Now, that's not a work that you do. That's a work that the Holy Spirit does in you. And He does a work unto you and gets you to understand that you're a sinner. You don't deserve God loves you at all. But then, and let the Holy Spirit deal with you. If you'll turn from that wicked way unto the Lord, then the Lord will save your soul. Now, you have to do that. That's a must for the Lord. You must turn to Him. God is not going to make you get saved. But He'll save you by His grace. Amen. If you'll let Him, He loves you. There can be no vision without obedience. John 9 verse 7 said, And said unto him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sin. He went his way, and therefore, and washed and came seeing. Do you know what that simply means? I need a fresh vision of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean every day. Lord, let me see a vision of what you want out of me. Not what I want out of myself. But I want a fresh vision. What what do you want me to do today, Lord? Now this vision here is not talking about eating some turnip greens and going to bed at night and having a nightmare. That's not that kind of a vision that he's talking about here. He's talking about letting the Holy Spirit come into your life and giving you a new look on life of other people and wanting to do what God wants you to do. You know, I think sometimes we get out of sorts when we get out of the realm that God has called us and wants us to do. If there's one thing that I had to learn as a Christian... God has an area for me. Right there. If I get out of this area, then I'm not going to be happy. I'm going to be miserable. If I try to do something that I'm not capable of doing for the Lord, then I'm going to be miserable. What I need to do is find the will of God for my life. I'm not like one preacher years ago told me, I know God's will for your life. Let me tell you something. No man knows God's will for your life but you and God. I believe that with all my soul. No man can tell you God's will for your life. You have to pray. You have to ask God. You have to, Lord, lead me. Show me your will for me. And if God wants you to lead music, then lead music. If God wants you to play a piano, play a piano. If God wants you to just take up six, 18 inches of pew, take up, I started to say 16, but ain't none that little. But yeah, uh, just... Uh, but ask God to just get, tell you what to do for Him. That's the vision of the Lord. That's the only place you'll ever be happy is doing what God wants you to do. But you first got to get a vision of that. And John chapter seven, 9 and verse 7 says, let's do it again, and says to Him, Go, wash in the pool of Salaam, which is by interpretation sin. And He went His way therefore and washed and came seeing. 
You see that what I'm talking about? There's no seeing without first washing. He, he couldn't be he couldn't see without first he got in the pool and did exactly what God told him to do. There could be no resurrection until the stone was removed. John eleven and verse thirty nine, Jesus says, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, that is Lazarus, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he has been dead for four days. Think about that. Now, here's a man that was in a tomb, and a great rock was upon his tomb, and Lazarus could not come out of that grave until the rock was moved. But when God said, roll away the stone, somebody had to do it. Amen? Somebody had to take away the stone. Aren't you glad that Jesus went first? He's the first of the resurrection. You know what that said? He's the one that rolls away the stone of the resurrection. I have somebody's present with the Lord. Amen? Lastly, did you know there's no entrance into heaven without cleansing? Let me show you something. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 7. I believe with all my soul there's not one ounce of sin going into heaven. Not one ounce. And if you'll turn with me to Revelation chapter 7, look at verse 13 and verse 14. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and I washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. In other words, nobody's going to heaven without unless they're washed in the blood of the Lamb and come white in the robe of righteousness. And the blood is the only thing that makes you righteous. Amen? I'm glad tonight that the Bible says He tells us exactly what to do if we want to be blessed. God says, do this, I'll bless you. Amen? Every time. I know that there is nothing we can do to help God save our souls. But you have to read Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, that means then there's something you've got to do. Not to be saved, not some work you've got to do, but it's just something you've got to do. You've got to say, Lord, save me. Amen. And when you do, the Bible said He'll save you. Turn that around. If you don't ask the Lord, you're not going to get saved. Amen. And it's just that simple. So God tells us exactly what to do if you want a blessing in this life. Amen. Stand with me, would you please? Heavenly Father, You're so gracious to us, and You bless us all the time. And Father, I, I pray tonight, Lord, we we got a tremendous, tremendous, important time coming up in the history of our country. And I pray, dear God, that we'll make preparations for the day that we all go to the polls and vote on who will be our country's leader. And we must make preparations for this. We must get our hearts right. We must understand, Lord, that You rule in the hearts of the kings. You're the one that leads and guides. And Father, as, as much lately as I've wanted to lose my temper and get mad at it, the news media and all those around us and, and the stupidest and talkingest people I've ever heard in my life about running our country and how sweet you let me know 
They can be nobody in that White House unless I put them there. And Father, I pray that you let your people all across this country get our hearts right, our minds and our spirits, get right with one another and get right with you so we can pray and have the blessings of God sent down from above. Help us to get ready for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's sing something, please. Turn to page 84. Page 84.